0: Actually, start there now. Why did you start I Am Mentality?
1: So um, the crazy thing is, consistently, you know, as this journey progresses, I realize, you know, more and more, you know, just why and how valuable I Am Mentality is. But my initial thought was to provide a level of equity for just the everyday average young, you know young male in Baltimore City to give them a leg up and position them to be able to hold the position such as I hold or to be an individual such as yourself that can sit behind the camera versus being an individual with a lack of resources, lack, lack of access to specific things. Um, because I just feel like Baltimore provides young people with a unique set of circumstances and some challenges that are like um, sometimes seem unsurmountable. And I just wanted to be able to position our organization to support them with getting over that, you know, just getting over that, that hill, that, that proverbial hill that we have and giving them access and opportunities and a voice to be able to be the best version of themselves.
0: Okay. And part of getting them over that hill, obviously, of course, is, is the end result or that time where you've, you've seen the growth in one of those, um, one of the youths so uh, what are you expecting to happen in the lives of the youth and the families that I Am mentality is serving?
1: okay so I, so our slogan is we believe in transformation and personally I've undergone undergone a you know just a series a series of transformations in my life. so that's the same thing that we expect from you know we expect from our children and families We expect for a child to come into our program in one place and to be able to, You know transform his life to the degree that he's almost you know unrecognizable by the time he finishes and then he goes to you know he's in a position to be able to do the things that he needs to do as well as the parents too so we do a lot for you know our parents as well and just putting them into a better situation where they have a stronger relationship with their you know with their child and just overall man just transformation you know the slogan is we believe in transformation
0: Okay, and this, this question's a little off script here, but have you ever had a situation where you had to do more work with the parent than you did with the, with the kid?
1: Absolutely. Um, I, had, you know, I had a conversation this weekend with one of my parents and what I've learned throughout this journey is that you, you have to set kind of like ground rules in the beginning. So what you have to make clear to parents is that there's a relationship in between the organization and you as a parent or the family, and there's an organization, I mean, there's a relationship in between the child and the family. So the child and the family, things that we, the the things that we're doing for the child is different from the relationship that corresponds in between the um, the organization and the family. For an example, if the child is consistently missing, you know, mentoring sessions, or we can't find them, um, we don't, the result of that is to me, is the parent's fault. So we hold the parent accountable for that. Just, just as if a parent was sending her son to our program, but she, you know, she dropped the son off to our program and we weren't there. So it's the same accountability on both ends, but yeah, we find ourselves sometimes, man, um, just because our families are in, you know, some challenging situations, man. So you end up you know, expensing some time, you know, just on supporting families and things of that nature. And that's not something that we're upset about. That's something that really we're happy about. But you do have to do the work, you know, full circle. And that's something that we gravitated towards probably over the year and, you know, the last year and a half, because that wasn't necessarily our focus in the beginning. But just as you grow as an organization, you kind of figure out, you know, what are the needs and how do you have to structure those relationships in order for um, for it to work? Because, Often, um, it's outside, you know, noise that affects the transformation process of, you know, I mentality in the children and just in anything else. It's just like, you know, when you see athletes and the parents on the sideline, the parent wants to tell the coach how much he should be in the game and, you know, (laughs) the parents are cussing out the referees. So, it's a whole bunch of things like that going on. And I'm not saying that that's, that's what's happening, you know, within our organization, but, you do have to do your work you know, in support of the families. And that's something that we, you know, we're, we're excited about.
0: Okay. Along with those transformations that the children are making and the children's parents holding them accountable and just make sure that they stay consistent, a lot of people would kind of discount the transformation that happens inside themselves. So how have you changed and what lessons have you uh, learned uh, along this journey?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's probably too many to count, man. I'm just as, um, let's, 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 let's hit it off from, you know, just, just the entrepreneurial journey, you know, it's, it can be extremely lonely and what you learn is, you know, what you learn over what the, probably the greatest thing that I've learned is that you have to be able to understand the difference between the value that you add to people and like who you are as a person. So I think that's the most important part. So like just this weekend coming off, you know, my fourth anniversary celebration with my family, understanding that the mentor, the executive director, the guy that, you know, manages the teams is different from Layla and Lacey's dad. So just being able to, you know, separate those two, but in the same thing um, with the work that we do. Our organization is kind of like hell bent on not only making a difference in the lives of the young people, but making mm-hmm. a difference in the lives of the people who serve with us. So we don't abuse the people in route to making a difference in the children. So I'm not gonna ask a person to do something that'll compromise their family, um, quote unquote, positioning ourselves to do better by the children. So it's, it's all of those things that come into play and just learning how much to push when to give, you know, just how to kind of how to like develop myself, you know, as a leader, but as a servant leader. So that's that's kind of like my position. So I've seen myself grow a whole lot in my understanding of just this whole nonprofit space. It was so many things that I didn't necessarily understand. Um, My initial focus was just making a better life for young men. But what I, you know, what I've had to come to realize is that you're dealing in different spaces. So you're in a youth development space, you are engaged in the philanthropic space, some of the work that you do is fee-for-service, um, you're in the parental support space, and your are mentoring children. So it's, it's a lot of buckets that you have to fill, and you have to strategically position yourself to be able to get support to do that. And that's one thing that I, you know, I really want to raise is that um i have some great individuals around me that make you know make things a lot easier for me and they bring specific skill sets and we highlight the skill sets of individuals who are around us in order to make you know the organization better as well as to um, to move us forward as um as an entity as a whole
0: mm, okay part of being a leader. And like you said, to use your own words, filling all of those buckets that can definitely take a lot out of you. And as you continue on in that journey, you kind of learn how much of yourself to give and how much of yourself to, uh, to keep to yourself. Uh, but how, what are some of the the harder lessons or what's been the hardest part of this journey for, for I, for you and for I mentality?
1: Um I think, I think um, so. Just personally, let's start with I am mentality. Um, not coming into this, not understanding the whole, you know, just the just the whole gambit of running a nonprofit, and just how much support and help you need, what is probably the hardest part—the capacity building piece. So it's like what you're doing as a nonprofit is you fine. you found something that you're in love with, um, so much so, hopefully that you're willing to give of yourself and you might be willing to almost lay your life down for. So, you know, it's a quote that says, if you haven't found something to die for that you've never lived. So I've made that commitment. But in that process, you have to get individuals, you have to get other individuals involved in what you do and to be able to sell it to a degree where they'll say, I want a piece of this. You know, but I'll have to give it my attention to the degree that I can. But you're really selling your dream. So you're going around selling your dream. So just imagine your your whole life is centered around like I want to show you that young men have the ability to be anything that they want to be versus all the negative, you know, stigmas and the attention and all this, you know, young black boys, you know, do this, they all they do is rob, steal, kill, and they don't do well in school and all of those things. So you're raising the mm-hmm. fact that I believe that they have endless potential. I believe that leadership is an, is an innate part of who they are. I believe that they can do anything they want to do as long as they're committed versus all of those things. It makes it, it, you know, it makes it very, very complex to sell your dream. But it's, um, it's a process that you have to be willing to give of yourself, man. And, um, um, personally, I've sacrificed a, a lot. This organization has pretty much, um, can't became my life. So, like, I run my life at this point, you know, my development through my organization. So even, even though I was out this weekend, I still had a few meetings to run. You know, I wake up with it. I go to sleep with it. So, you know, and I've had to manage and dibble and dabble in every part of it because, you know, I'm a grassroots leader. So I'm the founder and executive director. So I've built it from, you know, just what it was, you know, just the thought in my mind and something that I felt like God gave me until, you know, something that people are gravitating towards to and that they think is important as well. So it's, it's very, very hard. And just for any you know, social entrepreneur and any individual who wants to, you know, get involved in this space, I encourage you to, but I encourage you to understand um, that it's gonna take, you know, a huge sacrifice. So if it's something that you're not really serious about or you're not sure and you know that you you possibly don't have the ability to commit your life to it, I mean, the the true essence of who you are to it is probably beneficial for you to either not start or get, you know, get on somebody else's team and learn a little bit more about it. Because, you know, we got this big thing in African-American community where everybody wants to be a boss. But, you know, like my team is assembled of 20 individuals and a small percentage of those individuals get paid, right? So you have to be, you know, somewhat of, you know, like you have to be really, really good at what you do. And you have to really be able to clearly convey the mission and what you're trying to get done in order for those individuals to stay focused and stay on 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 course. And if you're not, you know, good with your management, it'll be very very hard for an individual to be successful at this level. And that's not that's not to mention the you know the structural racism that's involved in you know just the 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 the, the whole thing of nonprofits where you know just. Mm-hmm. A white-led organization may get, you know, triple or quadruple the amount of support that you get. So just some of the things that I face, honestly, to be, you know, to be perfectly honest and transparent, I don't think that I would have had these challenges if my skin, you know, was a different color. And although, you know, I state that I do have, you know, people of different cultures within my organizations, and I appreciate them very much for joining me on this journey. But it is, you know, it's it's not a fair, you know, it's it's not necessarily fair as it relates to, um, which, which organization, <clears throat> which, which level of support. So, you know, right. if you did your research, you know, you did your research on nonprofits and you know grassroots and African American led nonprofits. You will be able to see exactly what I'm what I'm speaking of.
0: Right. So that kind of leads into my next question about um, the investment that a social entrepreneur or um, somebody who wants to be an executive of a black led organization you're saying if you want to make this your life if you want to make this dream a reality the investment that you can expect to make you know internally is this thing is going to become your life and and you have to be willing to to really bet it all, you know, go all in every single time on every decision that's going to help grow the organization. At the same time, externally, you know, frankly, you're just facing an uphill battle because that is just uh, the way that it is. And it's not the way that it should be, or the way that it could be. But that's just a state of things. Would you you agree with that?
1: I would absolutely agree. Um, I would absolutely agree. But I would also add the caveat that if it's something that you believe in, you should never shy away from, you know, like you should never shy away from something that you completely believe in. Um, but you have to, you know, you have to count the cost. And for the individuals who are, you know, sometimes nervous to take the jump, um, I I sort of took the jump before I read all because I don't need, you know, personally, I'm not the person I need. I don't need the whole book in order to start. I know just based on how I was raised and just based on, you know, what I believe in, I know how, you know, just how I want to execute something. But I I would say definitely I would encourage anyone who believes that they have, you know, something to um, join someone else's journey, because I I also don't believe in you're going to start this nonprofit on your own. You're not going to support anyone else. And then you're just going to become this great exec and you haven't done you haven't done the legwork. work i think that's um, kind of stealing from the culture as well
0: those are definitely two good bits of information right there I, and i th- i think that what you said about joining somebody else a lot of people wouldn't think of or a lot of people really just don't want to hear because nobody really wants to be told like hey you have a great idea but you don't have these other skills or you kind of lack the the follow through or as you said, the the management time management to really get this thing off the ground. So maybe you should learn from somebody before you go out on your own. Um, I think that's like a hard that's a hard truth that a lot of people don't want to um, admit or tell themselves. So I think that that was a very like very good bit of information. Um, <clears throat> getting back to IM Mentality itself, um, can you share a couple of success stories uh, from your service to the community?
1: Absolutely. So let's start with, um, let's start with this year, 2020. 2020 has been an extremely hectic year. We probably lost 90% of our opportunities to, um, engage in fee for service programming. So just imagine if you run a business, you got this big dream of how this year is going to be the year because every year you build from where you are and you lose pretty much every opportunity to gain funds, you know, as it relates to the work that you do. But what I'm, you know, what's more interesting and what's bigger than that is because we don't spend our time trying to control things that we can't necessarily control, right? Even if it hurts your feelings, um, it shouldn't, you know, like it shouldn't stop you from doing the work. So I'm extremely proud of my service delivery team, which are, you know, the mentors. So the week that school shut down, we were able to flip all of our programming um, to virtual programming. So since then, we've programmed you know, we, we haven't missed a beat. So we've, we've provided programming four days a week, um, every, you know, every week. And I think my numbers are, we're a little above like 610 hours of virtual programming and about wow. 65 hours of um, programming in person, as well as we were able to ensure that every single person on, every single person that we serve, um, didn't suffer from food insecurities so or we supported them to some degree. Um, every child in our programming either got a computer from their school or we purchased computers for them and we were able to maintain our programming. So th- that was kind of like our three-pronged approach. The first thing is ensuring that our families eat and they're able to sustain and they know we're there to support them. Number two, the second thing is ensuring that we maintain our programming because I- we know how valuable our programming is to our, to our children. And number three, Ensuring that they had technology and tools to be successful, and we've been able to accomplish that goal, and that's like a huge deal from an organizational standpoint. Um, so, from let's say a growth standpoint, we've this year we've also built um, a conglomerate that we call a collective. It's it's the it's called the Baltimore Legacy Builders, and it's myself. Uh, myself with I Mentality, Tony Lawson with the B.org, and Brittany Young with B360, we come together to build what we call the Baltimore Legacy Builders, which is an opportunity provided by T. Rowe Price, where T. Rowe Price funded us funded us um, finances to be able to, uh, to, to share a development director. So within that, this is a huge deal because it opens the door for more You know black led organization so we have a team of junior advisors um, and then we have a senior level advisory team Um, and the goal is for us to be able to have a development officer because in this in this uh in this field realistically it's not about how it's sad but it's not about how great your programming is it's about all the things that are done behind closed doors so if you if if i mentality is doing a great work of serving as young people But it's another organization who has a person that's spending 40 hours a week fundraising for them. You know, which which organization you think is gonna go the furthest?
0: Yeah, the one that's getting the money.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So what we've come together to do is to provide that opportunity for our organization in a shared, a shared space where we're grooming, you know, junior advisors to be, you know, senior level advisors as well as to Um, put our programming and our minds together to open the door. So I think that's a huge thing that's going to probably shift the culture. I think that's going to change the lens of how Baltimoreans, um, how Baltimoreans share, share opportunities as it relates to nonprofits. And um, let's, let me give you one, one uh, success story from one of my young people. Um, One of my young people uh, and I, Sometimes I get confused on whether I should share names or not. But let's just say John John came to us and he came to us um, probably failing every single class, you know, failing every single class he he attended. But as of, it's been about a year and a half. After a year and a half, he reached honor roll last year, three, you know, three grade periods. He participated in our program and he participated in our program at 80 Eighty-five percent of the time, and he's he's just growing, man. And um, it's and it's different. The, the difference between and you know, I just want to highlight that. But the difference is one of the greatest things about I am mentality mm-hmm. is we take an individualized approach to growth. So success is different for every student. So we had one student who um, comes to us, and he two parent household. Um, he has pretty much everything he needs from a you know a family structural um, standpoint but he doesn't communicate well or he doesn't make friends because he's really good in school, but he needs to build on his communication skills. So if we build his communication skills up and and reposition him and kind of put a family around him, that would be a huge success for him. Then we have another young person who, who, like I said, who has, you know, made the honor roll three times in a row has never made the honor roll. And, you know, like in his career, that would be a success for him. So it's it's we take an individualized approach to how we serve our young people because the truth is, you know, Jason, you you and I, you know, we're on the same mission, but we're not the same. So the mm-hmm. tools that we need to achieve our personal goals, we can't say that we all need the same things, you know. So that's that's pretty much, you know, where we are and um so those are three success stories that I have.
0: That's really great. That's fantastic. And it seems like you said, with that individualized approach, not everything or not the same thing doesn't work for every uh, single person. But if you just have that end goal in mind of just, I want to help this person do better, you know, you're gonna find a way. And in my opinion, I feel like if somebody doesn't take an individualized approach, it kind of says more about you than it does about the person because you're not willing to change what you're thinking or you're not willing to change how you're approaching a situation to really overcome it. So I think that that's fantastic. Um, along with the Baltimore, you said it's the Baltimore Legacy Builders?
1: Yes, the Baltimore Legacy Builders. We're we're in the process of building our structures and things like that. So we've been working on it for about a year. So you'll see a lot of press, you know, around it. Um, we're starting mm-hmm. to get you know, get some legs. Under us. T. Rowe Price has supported us, and we've been in you know conversations with a whole you know a host of different individuals. So we have a chief development officer that's working with us. We have some um, you know great team members. One of our junior advisors is Robin, Robin Lee. Um, Robin works at Baltimore uh, She just accepted a position as the executive director of the Baltimore Homecoming, and she's you know she's amazing. Mm-hmm. We have Matthew Reed, who has his own his own organization. He's on our team and um, Chelsea Brown is also on our team. And I mean, we have an amazing group of, you know, young people who are all just, you know, just in different spaces and phases of their lives, but we're just extremely committed to that process of being successful as a whole, which I think will, you know, grow legs and just get people out of that mindset of you're competing with me. Mm-hmm. You know, you will compete with I mentality. You're competing with B three hundred and sixty. You're competing with B.org, But you're really, really not competing. You're really trying to move yourself up the spectrum. Because the truth is, you know, we, you know, we're ways, we're we're ways away as it relates to, you know, just winning as a a community as a whole.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think something else that like everybody would do well to remember. Uh, Like you said, it's not really a competition. If if somebody excels past you or gets ahead of you or something like that, yeah, it might sting a little bit. You might feel like you're being slighted or something like that. But sometimes, or really all the time, you should just take, take it as an indication like, okay, that's proof of concept. It worked for them. It can work for me. And even as people start to become successful at different stages in their projects, what you also realize is, you know, there's enough out there for all of us. You just have to find a way, um, find find a way to get it. Um, and it's 2020 now, so let's let's go and look back to 2016. How how has your team and support for I am mentality grown in these last four years?
1: Yeah, so that's been an amazing journey, man. Sometimes I wake up and you know I wake up and I'm like, wow. When I look at the individuals who serve with me, um, I'm I'm extremely proud of the individuals who started it with me. So when I started, you know, on my board, I just had myself as the president, my mom and my wife, you know, just on my board of directors, and that's pretty much how we kept it, you know, for about the first year and a half because we weren't going to do a whole lot of, um, you know, like aggressive work in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were just going to, you know, slowly but surely manage. And we started out with, um, with 16 members, 22 young people. Um, to fast forward, we were in the town, winchester community at Shake and Bake. So, um, so from then on, we've probably served over 200 young people. We went from... Not necessarily having our own programming space to having two locations that we provide programming out of. So we provide programming out of the Liberty Rec and Tech Center under the leadership of Miss Ken Trueheart. We we probably do about seventy five percent of our work there. Then we have another programming location in the Irvington community in the forty one hundred block of Frederick Avenue. We have a full on a full on business board where we have you know. We have lawyers. We have, you know, vice presidents of companies. We have um, one. We have a parent on our team who's a CEO. You know, um, so we we have like a a developed, a developed group of individuals. As far as as it relates to our young people, man, our young people have just took so many leaps and bounds, and just for me, like seeing them, you know, just like where they are now versus um, where they were when we started for the individuals who are, you know, still with us because it's a journey. So everybody doesn't stay. It's like, it's, it's crazy, man. So we've grown. Um, one of the big highlights we we had this year, we, we were able to have our fundraiser, you know, our annual fundraiser that we had two years in a row. So we had it last year, last year and this year. So last year we were able to raise about $7,000 total. Wow. Um, seven thousand dollars total and that was a big deal last year but this year we raised twenty one you know we raised twenty one thousand dollars hey okay yeah we raised twenty one thousand dollars to support our families and which that was huge and that's why I'm lifting that because um, who would have knew in January, you know january the twenty fifth that that would probably be the only event that we had to gather <laughs> and we would need every single dollar of that money to be able to sustain you know, <laughs> everything that we had to do. So we've been able to grow, you know, we've been able to grow our first our first anniversary event, I think we logged about like eighty seven people um this year it was one hundred and seventy five. so, it's growing, you know, it's growing. The support is growing. We've built, you know, just strategic partnerships with a whole host of different people. So it's definitely growing, but um, I will say that I would love to see a lot more support, especially from, you know, just, just from our community, man. I would just like to see a lot more people get involved. And, you know, I just always would challenge a person, even if it's not my program, you know, what's your favorite nonprofit? You know, what cause are you involved in? It doesn't have to be mentality, but it should be something that you're involved in, because often organizations uh, get to that point where the average organization is making a budget has a budget under like twenty five thousand dollars. The average grassroots organization. So just imagine if you have a budget under twenty five k, trying to serve you know just a host of people, and you know we see things like the murder the murder rate is an average of three hundred and thirty people per year. So you, you see, you see all of those individuals. Our school system, we ninety something percent of young people can't um, read on grade level or operate from you know a mathematics standpoint on grade level. So you see all of those things. But at the same time, the individuals who are relevant in the community and the individuals who serve our communities have budgets under twenty five k. So that means that first of all, they can't have a salary on their own. So they have to have another job, which limits the focus and the impact that they can make. Um, And usually means that they can't pay anybody else. So it's kind of like a lonely, you know, it's a lonely space. And I thank God that we've been able to, you know, get out of that space. But I just would like to see more support from myself, Um, you know, because we put in a lot of great work. man. Like we're not, you know, like we're not one of those organizations who are promoting some work that they're doing and they're not necessarily doing it. But we're doing some great work. And I just want more for everyone, man. I want people to. You know, I want, to, I want to hear people continually talk about how committed they are to the community and how they committed to, you know, young men or they committed to, um, you know, just our communities and not necessarily be involved, you know, so I would just challenge everybody to say, you know, what's your favorite cause and how are you supporting them? And even if it's volunteer time, donations, whatever, it's always something that you can do um, to, in, to impact, you know, these, these grassroots organizations.
0: Okay. Uh, you you made a mention of it, which is a volunteer time. You know, Obviously, it would be great if everybody could just cut a check, but how can your average person, let's say they hear this and they say, okay, well, I want to make I Am Mentality my nonprofit that I support. How could that person help I Am Mentality?
1: So it's a multitude. One of the things that we've done is create um, just different levels of how people can support. So Um, you can go on our website and you know submit a volunteer application. We we do have a screening process because we're you know we're very adamant about you know just who we bring around our children and we just want to be able to convey the mission to individuals before they join because what happens often you know within organizations who serve youth is that people come in and then they're gone. And what you know, the children fall in love with the individual, but the individual didn't necessarily know just where the commitment level lied, and, and, you know, and just all of those things. So you can go on our website to do that, but you can support us from multiple angles. We have, you know, we have opportunities where a person, let's just say, if you were a photographer and you wanted to, you know, you wanted to donate some of your time, we will make that available. We will make that available to you. If you, if you're an individual say, man, I have, you know, strong skills with admin you know, we can utilize your services. We can utilize your services there. So we'll open up the door for anybody. So, you know, we're always looking for new board members who can add value, you know, just in different spaces. We're always looking for um, guys in the community and females in the community who can add space to the children. But it's also some capacity, some capacity building things. Maybe you are a writer and, you know, you may want to write a story about, you know, I Mentality. You want to make us your home and you just write, you know, a few stories in, in the paper about us. However you want to support, we'll create, you know, we'll create a lane for your support as well as we'll give you, as long as we can make a commitment of time, we'll give you the opportunity to to do it, you know, in your free time. You know, I won't say that you can, you know, you pop up in January and then we'll hear from you to, you know, to March and then you're like, hey, you know, so we have to make some type of commitment because one of the things that I heard that's hurting our children the most is just inconsistencies in our lives. And mm-hmm. you can't have an inconsistent, you know, group of individuals trying to serve some people who are um, suffering. So mm-hmm. we'll make it we'll make it extremely possible for you to do that. We have an initiative that we're going to move on next year. It's called the Goodwill Ambassador. And pretty much is it's that an individual who may want to support the organization from, you know, within two to four hours a month. So you don't have to stop doing anything that you're doing. You can support right where you are. You just have to make a commitment that these are the things that I'm going to do. So Jason V says, you know, I want to support your organization. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to promote you at all the events that I go to, you know, that I go to and you just share it, you know, you share it out. It's not this one, this opportunity is not necessarily about money it's more about you know just bringing in a cloud of individuals who say i really want to support this organization but i'm you know i may be i may have you know my time may be short so i can support you in this way i can share your stuff on instagram or i have a large base on facebook that i can get you know people into your groups and things like that so we'll make that happen and it's always good to give money like don't um, you know? Don't push that aside. So as always, we have a couple donor opportunities. We have a, an opportunity called Sustainer, and a Sustainer is any individual who donates um, a minimum of twenty five dollars a month, just on a consistent basis. And what that what that helps us do is it helps us you know build capacity and longevity for individuals who serve, you know, who serve our young people as well as the young people. Because what happens is if Jason, you know, just using you, I keep using you over and over and over again, right? That's fine. So if Jason decides that he wants to make a donation of $150. Um, it's, that's, a, that's a huge thing. But if, if I knew that Jason was going to make a donation of $150 and it was going to be strategically placed throughout six months, it would give me a greater opportunity to know where we're going to be and to know how we can support individuals. So we can say, okay, Thanksgiving is coming, you know, based on the support of our sustainers, we're able to do this for, you know, 15 families. So that's one of the things that we have. We have another initiative called Roundup, where you can support the organization by rounding up the change from your, your debit and credit donation. I mean, your debit and credit transaction. So let's just say you can cap it at $5, $20, or you can put no cap. And what happens is at the end of the month, the change that you um, the change that accrues um, goes back to the organization so it's it's a multitude of ways that you know you can support us
0: okay all right we're going to start wrapping up here uh, these final two questions for you um, what do you want people to know about you and what do you want people to know about I am mentality
1: um, so me, you know I want people to know that you can you can have a thought in your heart about something that you're extremely passionate about and you can take it and you can transform that thought into an organization that serves a hundred young people, you know, on a month to month basis and has 25 individuals who are committed to that process. If you are willing to put the work in, you know, so you can, it's anything that you want to do, you know, it's possible for you to do. I don't have any like, uh, technical education around, you know, running a nonprofit, and I'm not saying that that's something that, um, something that I'm all excited about. But if you're really passionate about anything, you can make your dream come true. Um, what I want you to know about I am Mentality is that we're an organization that's independently, you know, is independently and interconnected to the community to a degree that we utilize the support from our community to be able to serve our young people. And we've been transforming lives for almost five years. So in January, we'll make five years, and we're gonna to continue to do so, no matter the pandemic, no matter what situation and circumstances, we're gonna stay here. And we're an organization that's here to stay to provide that support and that equity for male youth, because we think that young men are taking you know, a large hit. And they don't necessarily get the support that they need. And I don't want to go into all the statistics around it, but if we were to go to statistics, you would see that um, you know young men are uh, severely underserved. And we're here to you know be a part of solving that problem. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, Mr. Darren Rogers, thank you so much for uh, sitting down with me. It's been really amazing. Um, to hear from you after these years we did an interview a few years ago i want to say maybe you know maybe your first year your second year with the program so it's just really fantastic to hear about the growth uh, of the organization and also uh, of you this has become like uh, like like your baby
1: absolutely yep it has man and um, I'm thankful for you for you know just providing this platform and just being consistent in the work that you do because you could have been doing an interview with me two years ago and not necessarily not necessarily existing this year so I'm thankful that we were able to make this connection to just get this word out man um you know five years of like doing this work just nonstop, you know just as has been amazing and i I've, um, you know, I've been able to grow myself, uh, I've been able to grow my organization, and I've been able to grow the um, the cloud of support that's around the organization, and I'm I'm very appreciative. So I just want to say thank you to everyone who supports our organization. And if you're, you know, if you're thinking about supporting our organization, this is a good time to jump on, because we're, you know, we're growing, you know, we're growing organization.
0: All right, that's fantastic. Well, Mr. Darren Rogers, sir, once again, thank you so much. Um, you have a good rest of the day, all right?
1: You too, thank you, man, I appreciate you.
0: And no problem, see ya.